Welcome to Mixed Company. Bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Coronavirus! Shit is real! I am recording. (laughs) I'm 100% recording right now. Welcome back to Mixed Company Podcast. Y'all, I've never heard anyone um, qualify such an intense situation so accurately as the prophet Cardi B has been able to do with this. Um, Shit's serious right now. And we are full transparency. Simeon and I are recording about three meters apart, I believe, uh, <laughs> within my apartment. Shoes yes. off Shoes for off safety. Hands washed. Hands washed and sanitized. Mm-hmm. Um, with individual glasses of wine, because quite honestly, if we have nothing else, if we can't go to the bar, we have to bring the bar to ourselves. So, um, just wanted to touch base with you guys. In the midst of, I don't, I mean, they're calling it a global pandemic, but I feel like this is something bigger than that. In, in the midst of this cultural shift, to kind of just talk about what this means and what this looks like for the industry. Um, Tim, how are you living right now? Uh, surprisingly very calm. Uh, I've been telling people this, you know, I'd be out here fake deep rock cognac and shit so um my whole and my deepak cognac because that's gonna go over so many people's head he's talking about deepak chopra (laughs) but like because low-key simian can be a hood rat he's deepak cognac yeah like this this is not a moment for panic i think when you really start getting deeper about where we are and what we should be doing um you just kind of know that if you panic it it your immune system is compromised like you just your whole body is, is i don't affected. think people know that i don't think people actually i don't actually well you know. now you do like i think however you respond in situations can definitely um manifest physically and in your health so i just say that this is a time for calm caution right so you definitely want to be cautious you definitely don't want to be out in the streets um hanging out in bars well now all the bars are closed right um, i was like you can't hang out in bars. you definitely you, don't want to no you do want to but yeah. they're closed <laughs> yeah so you i mean you definitely want to wash your hands so it's it's a time for caution i think right now we're in the the beginning of it because it's week one of just like no it's not no no when i say the beginning of it i mean the beginning of this new normal of everybody working from home yeah right so this is week one we're probably going to be in this state of of working for like the next two to three weeks so you know like i just That's scary yeah i mean it's definitely scary i think it's my my frame of thought process has gone to people who are not salaried um right. people who are contractors people who are freelancers like myself well wait uh, wait 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 wait. before we get yeah. into that we got a whole show oh yeah we do for y'all so well, the hot topic to i'm about to say welcome back <laughs> welcome back because it, it was like you was about to go all the way in um but before we dive in we actually have something we haven't done in a long time um we got a listener letter which means that we must be doing something right for folks to be back on our radar um So before we talk about all things Corona, how we've been managing, um, what kinds of resources folks can uh, engage in um, and and 
other things like that, let's get to this listener question. So this comes from Lex. Lex, what's good? What up? Lex says, I have a question, but it's not necessarily related to work or media. I'm Asian and I'm very proud to be. I'm also a hip hop dancer and the dance community that I'm a part of has really has a really strong Asian presence. A majority of my dance team is Asian and even though urban dance teams in New Jersey and New York um, and even other urban dance teams in New Jersey and New York I found also have a strong Asian presence. But I've come across some articles in media and there's all, they, there all seems to be this general opinion that this is cultural appropriation of black slash African American culture. To my understanding, cultural appropriation is more so when cultural elements are stolen and, and it's offensive. But we love dancing and hip hop culture. I don't find what the, I don't find what we do to be offensive. A lot of dancers I know even go out of their way to learn from the OGs and never claim themselves to be a master or originator of the style. And I know myself, there's a very thin line when I see Asian-inspired art slash content that ends up making me feel uncomfortable, even if it's not meant to be offensive. I could go on and on about this, but generally, I just wanted to know what your opinion was on cultural appropriation. Unfortunately, I feel like this judgment falls a lot on white dancers. I find that Asians get a pass on a lot of this. I find that we're in the middle of the oppressed versus privileged conversation, but that's a whole different topic. Hip-hop dance, like any other art form, is quickly evolving just by nature, and even factors like social media and the digital era, era is propelling it forward. Uh, I love seeing the progress, but I still want to have a good gut check for myself personally. Um, basically, long story short, I feel like that gets to it. So, yep, I think that's the question. So Lex wants to know, she dance hips, uh, Lex dances in a hip hop group. They study the art form. They love the music. They love the culture. They dance. Lex wants to know if this is cultural appropriation. Uh, Sim, I'm gonna let you go first. So uh, I know she said it's not related to advertising and media, but I think I it think is. this totally yeah, is. Yeah, definitely is because we use cultural elements in the work that we do. So to be cognizant of cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation is definitely something that needs to happen. Um, for me, what she just described is cultural appreciation, right? Because there there isn't any sort of pillaging happening where <laughs> pillaging. she... Yeah, I mean, it's, that's... You say pillage and I think of um, uh, Pocahontas, but like, yeah, oh, you're right. I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there there isn't any of that happening because they are acknowledging that this hip-hop culture has originated out of black culture. Mm-hmm. I think when you start talking about culture appreciate cultural appropriation, it is the act of erasure. Like you're not giving credit to the creators of some sort of element that you are now basically claiming to be your own. And the best example that comes to mind right now is the Kardashians with the cornrows, right? So to call it boxer braids after it's been no, no, no. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm. Yeah. I'm not. I'm. Not, I, I. So just full transparency. I was, was rolling my eyes, but it wasn't at <laughs> yeah. you. It was completely about that. But something else. Yeah. Keep going. So it's like to 
to basically call cornrows boxy braids as if it's something new and not give credit to the fact that black people, Africans, have been cornrowing their hair since the beginning of time. Um, that, to me, is a, is a form of culture appropriation on a very light scale. I think it gets even deeper when you're making money off of it. But what you described to me was cultural appreciation. And it is literally acknowledging the fact that you are inspired, you appreciate this other, per this other group's culture, and you want to pay homage to it or acknowledge it while you are participating in it, which has been, to me, has been the case of hip-hop since, you know, hip-hop, right? So Eminem... Uh, Bubba Sparks. Uh, Let's say you start at Eminem and completely pass over like Vanilla Ice. I, you forgot I, all about him. I don't forget about Vanilla Ice. I've I don't think I've ever listened to a, more than one Vanilla Ice song. I don't think anyone has. Yeah, so like I don't even <laughs> like. I don't. I watched a lot of his movies back in the day. I've never seen a Vanilla Ice what? movie ever. That I, man had movies. Yeah. All right. So here's my perspective on this, right? And I think your initial question is, you know, what are our thoughts on a, a, appropriation? I think appropriation is a, is a sin, right? However, I will say that I'm starting to acknowledge that there is a level of nuance, there's a level of conversation and there is a level of context needed to understand a person's intent. So a lot of times when we talk about appropriation and when we talk about, you know, if something's racist or sexist or whatever, everybody's always like, oh, well, it's about the intent. And the reality is you never actually understand someone's intention unless you understand that person. Mm. So if I'm not able to have a conversation with you or receive a letter from someone similar to what Lex just sent, how am I supposed to know that you've studied, you know, the 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 ins and outs of hip hop culture, of hip hop dancing? I can't. And I think that with how we have become so globalized with mm -hmm. how we communicate on social media, we only communicate in 140 characters or less, right? Mm -hmm. So based on, so to answer the first part, or to answer a question that you didn't forwardly ask, but I'm going to tell you, based on what you just said to me, it doesn't sound to me like you're appropriating anything, Lex. It sound, to Sim's point, it sounds like you are, you have an appreciation for hip hop culture and you study it and you love it. And I think that's dope. I think when we get into situations where we're talking about the Kardashians um, and the boxer braids, uh, the thing um i don't even necessarily know that i want to say that you know a hundred percent that's appropriation because you know i've watched a couple episodes of keeping up with the kardashians here and there and kim learned to braid her child's hair now whether or not that is before or after they started wearing boxer braids as we know as cornrows or straight backs or you know if you grew up at a certain point in the 90s cleo braids um, that's, that's not something I can speak to, right. but appropriation happens when you covet a piece of culture, a piece of lifestyle, a piece of someone's history and tradition, and you don't acknowledge that you took it from somewhere. Yeah. For example, appropriation is creating designs and putting them on a runway 
and saying that this is the hottest new pattern of 2019 when really what it is is kente pattern from you know various african nations and tribes and communities that you probably should be acknowledging right. that this new this new design is 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 innov- is innovative but has you know co- you know some sort of cultural tie to I don't know uh, um, an inspiration from Ghana. Right. If you don't say those things, if if you don't cite your sources, we can go take this back to elementary school. If you if you never cite your source, if you don't put a bibliography on that shit, if you don't put uh, an underline and a citation on that shit, and give people the respect and or cultures the respect that they're due. That is appropriation. If you have not studied this, the thing that you see and have said, oh, that's where this came from. I love that this is where it originated from. Now, here's the problem. Here's a bigger problem. We don't study. We don't do a lot of learning because learning is so fast-tracked in our current culture state, mm-hmm. right? Like I said, we speak and we think in 140 characters. And some people don't use part of those characters to cite their sources. Now, that's the problem. That's a cultural issue. So I do believe most people appropriate. I even believe a lot of black folk appropriate. Yeah. You know, like St. Patty's Day just passed. Yeah. Stop telling me, shut up and kiss me, I'm Irish, when you know daggone well... Ain't nothing about you Irish, mm-hmm. but perhaps the, you know, the, the, the familial plantation that you're able to trace your heritage back to. That is not necessarily yeah. who you are. That is you appreciating a part of somebody else's culture. And I think all of us need to be more mindful yeah. of that when we discuss appropriation versus appreciation. I think there's also, there's appreciation, appropriation, but then there's just also insensitivity, right? Because mm-hmm. there's... A lot of it, I think right now, a lot of the, the controversy, it's, 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 it's between the, the two of them, right? People, but people use appropriation the most um, just because it's part of the cultural lexicon uh, at this point. But sometimes it's literally just insensitive, right? So you, you mentioned the kente pattern. Um, when you start going into cultures like that, there could be some deeper significance behind mm-hmm. the fabrics that somebody is wearing. It could be something that you only wear when a baby is born or when somebody's getting married. So to just kind of like give it to somebody right. to wear all willy nilly to the club or to shake the ass in a video, there's there's a lot to be considered. And to your point, it's like I think in our in our industry now, because we are global. Right. It's not just, oh, we're putting this out in the States because the internet is the internet and it's, it could show up, you know, 7,000 miles away from here, that we should be going, where did this come from? Like, who can actually give us some context? This, the shitty part is is that we're, we're moving so fast now. Like, the way that projects are progressing, yeah. the way that they're developing, like, people just, I gotta get it done. We gotta get it out the door. But somebody needs to be there to actually go, wait, stop, let's gut check. Even if it takes 30 minutes, right. like you need somebody to gut check. But to your original point, I don't think 
I think you're approaching this with sensitivity. The I fact love that it. you even asked. The fact that you asked the question, <laughs> and that is the difference yeah. between the appreciation and the appropriation. Yeah. When you appropriate, you automatically you just believe fuck. it's yours. <laughs> you don't care. One, two, three, four, five, yeah. fuck. You don't care. Yeah. The fact that you've even researched, that you've read multiple articles, that you've that you've developed an opinion and that you're cross-checking right. your perspective means that that is not what you are doing. However, I will um, challenge you to encourage your, your colleagues who may not be as diligent and who may not be as invested in hip-hop culture. As a hip-hop head myself, like I think it's really important that people understand it's not just rap music. It's not about wanting to twerk. It is about understanding where the sentiment comes from, mm-hmm. what the pillars are of the culture, what where the dance moves came from. Every time y'all pop, lock, and drop something, I really want y'all to give a shout out to Wild Style and Cold Crush. Like that's what I like that you know, it's that kind of diligency and understanding and investment in what you're doing. That is what shows your appreciation. I think we've seen certain people do it with you know, sometimes I know he takes heat for it, but I was thinking about Peter Rosenberg. Mm. Um, who was on Hot 97, is maybe still on Hot 97. Maybe. I don't know. Let's say he's a hip-hop culturalist who who had been on Hot 97 for a long time. He's a white Jewish man who is very influential in hip-hop and also very knowledgeable. And, and a part of why he's been accepted into the, cult, the hip-hop culture for so long is because he's done his due diligence and he's paid his dues. And for all of us, no matter what culture it is that you find yourself um, leaning towards, whether it's, you know, Eurocentric culture where you really appreciate the arts, um, whether it is, you know, different African diasporic cultures because you appreciate the food, the seasonings, child, the hand washing, (laughs) the leg washing, all of that, you know, whatever it is, just make sure that you are doing your due diligence the same way as, you know, I would say that we try to make sure when we talk about other cultures, like I cannot speak to Asian culture, but that doesn't mean that when I travel, I don't appreciate it. And it just means more that, you know, I want to read more about it before I get there and ask questions when I get there. And nothing that I wear is like, oh, yeah, girl, this is the flyest shit out here. It's I went to appreciate another person's culture, and that's why I'm doing this. So shout out to you, Lex. There's just one more last. I think there is this thing that happens with elements like these because to some people this is just dance uh where we're just dancing it's not that not that serious i think a part of it has to do with especially because we're talking about this here in america america is relatively a new country right and so american culture doesn't necessarily we're on our fifth pandemic right we're on our <laughs> shit <laughs> um there aren't a lot of things that are American culture that really have a spiritual or uh, um, background to it when you start talking about dance and things of that nature. Like, because when you start talking about hip hop and you start talking about twerking, when you trace it back to Africa, like these are moves that were done during ceremonies and rituals and things of that nature. 
right? So like, re- really, it's about sensitivity. I think when yeah. you when you st- when you come to the table, yeah. So when you when you're sensitive about these things and you may not know may not have known where it came from, um, you're usually going to err on the side of caution, and that is going to allow you to create something that actually would give you a better product in my in my opinion because you're you're actually looking for a deeper insight than just oh my god we want to put this dance in this thing or we want to do this dance you're actually paying homage you're you're approaching it with a sensitivity that people will respect and when you're doing that i think that's where you you supersede cultural relevance and you go into cultural resonance and you 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 get people more engaged than they would if you were just swagger jacking somebody else's culture right i think quite frankly i think the most american thing the most culturally um what we do within american culture is we swagger jack that is what america like what we call it how we call it in school is like oh you know the united states is a um, a melting pot of cultures right but i think that there is an I think we have a duty for those of us who are naturalized Americans, whether you are born or whether you are first generation and naturalized, whatever, to do our homework. Yeah. We've, you know, in this country, even even with everything we're going on, I don't care what you feel about um, politics or whatever, it is our duty as we have the most access to resources, the most access to free research on the internet, to make sure you do your research, to learn about the things that you are appreciating so that we know more. If we know better, we do better. And so therefore it, it becomes more of an appreciation than an appropriation because we're, we're, we are sharing the insight and the education that we've received um, or that we've leaned into about the thing that we love. So there's that. Lex, keep doing what you're doing. Um, yeah. Hopefully this is helpful. Tell your peoples to get it together also. And yeah, just, right. you know, keep your distance, but keep dancing. And if you have any questions, you can slide into our DMs at Asmix Company or email us at asmixcompany at gmail.com. Cool. All right. So... This coronavirus, coronavirus, shout out to Cardi B, (laughs) coronavirus, um, so I don't even know where to start, um, I'll start with this, in the last several weeks, uh, starting with Twitter, uh, at the beginning of March, um, many companies have shifted to a work from home policy in an effort to help to curb the number of people that, uh, individuals come into contact with the goal according to um various uh influences whether it be the news your president or our past president our goal is to flatten the curve Mm -hmm. because as it looks right now um you you know because we are a globalized world most people want to have as much interaction as possible Mm -hmm. uh just by going outside taking public transportation going to a restaurant the movies a bar etc and that has attributed to the um the the swift and and fast transmission of this bug this virus Mm -hmm. so here we are uh it is march 18th 2020 and 
at least in New York City, shit is shut the fuck down um, yeah. in an attempt to slow down the transmission of this virus. And that has had an economic, a social, uh, as well as cultural impact on the advertising industry and all industries as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're an entrepreneur, you are probably feeling the... If you are an entrepreneur or you work in, in a place where you receive an hourly, hourly wage, you are likely feeling the impact of this the most. Yes. So we are here to talk about that today um, because per Cardi B, shit is real! And um, <laughs> if I'm honest with y'all, I was just getting tired of being in the crib alone. So, I mean, how, I don't, I, every time somebody asks me how I'm doing or how I feel about this, I end up doing this. I, uh, 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 I'm doing well. Because I just, are, just well? I am in a state of calm. Like, there's literally... This is one of those moments where you literally just kind of have to throw your hands up and go, I can only do what I can do. That's fair. Um, it's it's literally above us. <laughs> it is above us. So, There's a Best Western across the street. Yeah. yeah. So if we are trying to make the most of this time, I, and honestly, again, to sound like Deepak Konyak, um, this is this can either be like a moment where you look back on it and go, oh my God, this is like the worst moment in history. Or you can be like, yo, I got some shit done. Because the especially if you live in a place like New York, when else do you have this much time in the house? But the, even having that time is a privilege. And I say for our purposes, for now, yes. this part of the conversation, we can talk about people who are... Either you are salaried or you are a a freelance contractor and you have enough saved up or you're still able to work on your projects because you work remote anyway. So in that case, yes, there's so much privilege and opportunity set up where, quite frankly, I I ain't going to lie to y'all. By the end of Black History Month, I was tired. I was spent. I was exhausted trying to figure out where I was going to get my rest from. God damn it, in between the six hours that I put in at my desk (laughs) that is across across the room from my bed, I am getting rest. I do feel a lot more relaxed when working. I think my challenge, and, and I'm not taking it for granted that this is a time to do all of the things that I said, man, if I had more time, I could totally do it. Not to say that I'm taking that for granted, but I think my anxiety comes from the hysteria that I feel that has been built from the pandemic. I'm not saying people can't catch this virus, Mm -hmm. nor am I saying that it is not, it cannot be deadly. But what I am saying is that we are, I feel that we are responding, even as in uh, an industry, we're responding in a way where people feel like this is the thing that could be it while we continue and have in the past ignored several things that could kill us. Every time cold and flu season hits, we can die. Yes. In fact, more people, as we know, die, are currently dying, have died from the flu already. Yes. So what I am not clear on is, even though I understand that this 
that Corona, Corona Lachey the virus, <laughs> transmits more quickly. What I don't understand is why this is the thing that we are applying that much hysteria towards right. and, and, and fear-mongering for, as opposed to, quite frankly, the thing that we experience every goddamn year. Right. So let's take a step back to the, the crux of this. Um, this is really an opportunity for, for us to see what poor leadership looks like on multiple levels. Regardless of how independent people think and how people want to lean into uh, being, you know, independent thinkers, people are always looking for a leader. And so we can look as far as the president and we can look as far as our CEOs. We can look to our group creative directors. We can look to our account account directors. People are looking for some form of leadership. And the people who we res- we report to um, set the tone, right? Like this is this is the reality. Um, how you get onto the phone, how you get onto these video chats, these conference calls, really sets the tone, and we can see it, right? And so I think as an industry, as as corporations, as whoever, you know, if you are a leader, if you do have influence. This is kind of a moment for you to basically reassure people, uh, to let people know that you have future vision, because we're going to be in this for at least another, in in this state of working, for at least another three weeks to six weeks, and so we'll we we need leaders like we need people who are. But what does that even look like? Like, I hear you, and I know that's true. And somebody brought it up to me yesterday, like, oh, you know, we haven't actually trained people for how to manage from home. And, you know, I wrote the piece, yes, I wrote the piece that I posted yesterday about basically, y'all can't say shit to me, or quite frankly, a lot of people ever again about why you need to see me do my work to feel productive. Because when, when pushed, to a place where you don't have a choice that my safety has to come first, you see that, you know, the businesses are still standing, the world Mm -hmm. is still alive, none of us have burnt to death or melted, Mm -hmm. and that all, you know, all of that bullshit about flex working that people have had so many um, uh, struggles with in the past, like, they've become irrelevant. But what can leaders do? So let's talk about that. What... What can leaders do? What does a leader look like in an uncertain time like this where we actually really don't know? Will it be two more weeks, three more right. weeks, six more you weeks, 12 more weeks? Right. What does leadership look like right now? Well, this this is about future vision, right? So you're literally setting, you're creating a new culture, right? You're creating right. new values, new that. norms, new, new policies. And you need somebody who's thinking about that, who's going, you know what? I don't know. Like there's, there's a little bit of vulnerability. There's transparency. There's future vision. There's thought leadership. It's there's inclusivity, right? Because you're you're acknowledging that some people are working at home with their families. Um, a lot of memes are going around about people having you know school age children. People have to basically they're homeschooling their children, right? So there's there's all these different factors that we need. 
it's 21st century leadership. Like we have like right. what, five generations of people working in the working workforce, remotely right in, now. in the workforce right now. And you have to acknowledge that. And so there needs to be a leader who's going, you know what? This is what we need. Like, and every company is going to be different. Every team is going to be different. And you need somebody who's going, acknowledging that there is hysteria going on around right. you, that you may not have had a chance to go to the grocery store. Guess what? One in three women are still on the brink of poverty. Somebody may be food insecure right now. Like there are all these different factors that you need a leader to basically come to the table with and reassure their team. Right. right? This is this is literally the moment where you're separating the real ones from the fake ones. And I so, don't know that we have a lot of real ones. Like I hear you. We know you this. Know, we no, know we this. know this. That's what we're talking about for the point. Yeah. So you know, it's interesting, right? Because me, so me working for WPP right now, me working for the man, because right. that's this is what the hell I did, y'all. I went to go work from the man, and the man proper. Thank God, because. <laughs> I'm really happy that I feel secure in my role right now, right? I, it, there is a privilege that comes along with that. But one of the things that WPP did in the last two years uh, since our current leader, global leader, uh, took the reins is put a refocus on culture versus, let me, let me not say versus profit, but put a new um, focus and priority on culture, and I think that that, to me, not necessarily showing bias. Trust me, I'm not showing bias. But that, to me, is what leadership looks like. Mm -hmm. Because when you adapt to culture, when your focus on when your focus is allowing culture to prevail and culture to be the thing that leads how you thrive and sustain. Mm -hmm. It is easy to, it is easier, not a hundred percent easy. It is easier to put in place opportunities to allow people to have more flexibility in their work experiences, right. because it's not just about like even though what we talk about on the show has a lot to do with race and gender and the things that never quite honestly get spoken about with as much passion as we do and our colleagues do. But when you put culture at the helm of it, everybody has a family. Whether that family right. is a pet, whether that family is just you and your parents, whether that family is a, a two married people of same-sex right. couples or, or, or different sex couples, whether that is people with kids, whether that is single parents with kids, everybody has a unit in which they live. Whether you are a single mm -hmm. person who just happens to have friends, right? And that understanding that you need to... The reason we work is to be able to provide for the lifestyles and the, the loved ones that we have. Mm -hmm. And here we are in a pandemic where people feel, mm -hmm. regardless of the hysteria, people feel that we are in a life and death situation globally, mm -hmm. literally on every freaking continent. I have not heard from Antarctica, but I imagine, <laughs> I imagine they're nervous too. Yeah. People are concerned about their livelihoods and the livelihoods of the ones that they that they care for. How do we provide a safe space where people can continue to be productive 
yet at the same time care for themselves and their family. Literally, that's what working from home is. Literally, that's what flex work is. And for so long, people have gone, leaders have gone out of their way to be like, well, if I didn't see you do it, it didn't get done. We got to really get out of the mindset of if a tree falls in the forest, did, you know, does anyone hear it? Does that fucking matter? Did the work get done? Did the client see the outcome? Did the people see the outcome? Was the money made? Like to me, I feel like those are things that we need to start working on. Instead of leading from ego, which is what I wrote about in January of last Mm -hmm. year, the difference between being a boss and being a leader, when you lead from ego, you are not leading for the future. You're not leading for an organization. Mm -hmm. You're not leading people. You're leading for yourself. When you lead for others, you are leading with purpose. You are leading for sustainability. And to me, that is what this situation is showing us. Right. Yeah, we're we're in we haven't prepared leaders, a lot of leaders for this, right? Um, so unfortunately, this the panic, right? And so what I've been telling the people who I've been speaking to is this is either you're either in uh, a state of calm caution or you're in a state of a pandemic panic, right? Where where you're panicking um, in this moment, and quite frankly, very few things get done productively and when efficiently you're when you're panicking. Um, and so this is that moment where, to your point, ego is taking yourself out of it, right? Like mm-hmm. when you're when you're mm-hmm. not leading from a place of ego, you are taking yourself out of the situation, and you are going, "How do I want other people to feel?" How do I want other people to feel motivated? How do I want other people to step into this moment? Because quite frankly, this is actually a moment for innovation. I don't even see it like that. Like, I I, I guess I kind of see it like that, but that's not well, how I would phrase it. Because even if you're not worried, because, okay, so low, so... Full transparency, I did my first coaching, executive coaching session yesterday, and I have the emotions of a sociopath, right? <laughs> so, which means none. But, um, ju- halfway kidding, not 100% kidding, halfway kidding. Um, but I think it's even beyond that. If I want to make money, if I need to hit my goals, mm-hmm. if we were working at a, a car factory, mm-hmm. I need my equipment to function at a top level. I need the machines to be oiled. I need the nuts and bolts to be changed. I need the power to be working. And I feel like in the most sociopathic way of thinking about people, even if you're not worried, okay, about people's feelings, Mm You need to worry about how they function. And people do function based off of how they feel about their existence. So for me, what we need from leaders, in addition to if you're the emotional leader, where it's like, I want want people to know I care about them. Mm -hmm. If you're not the emotional leader, okay, fuck worrying about whether or not you care, you know, people know you care about them. You want people to feel secure. Right. Period. Right. What are the pieces that you can implement for them to feel secure? And that becomes what we're doing right now. I do have a question for you, though, um, because one of the things, shout out to Uncle Derek Walker down in South Carolina, 
wreaking havoc on all the world and making sure people, you know, you never lift your 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 foot off of people's necks. That's mm-hmm. what we're here for. Accountability. Accountability. So one of the things after, um, you know, Cindy Gallup was tweeting some quotes from my uh, latest article today, and one of the things that Derek said, which I think is a fair point, he was like, you know, cool or whatever, but you know, they're about to snap back. These leaders are about to snap back to what they're doing. My perspective on that is fuck them. Snap back to to snap back to where we were before. My perspective Mm. is we have crossed a threshold of a point of no return. Now people know what it's like to work from home, and they know that they can do it, and they know that the work will still get done. And so, therefore, we're in a we're in a state culturally, workforce culturally, where we can't go back. Now that people know what life is like on this side. You try if you want to, but this is going to have to be the new normal whether you want it or not. Mm -hmm. Derek's perspective is, no, change is slow. People ain't going to fuck with it. Yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. My my perspective is, fuck them. Right. Fuck the people that don't want to change. You don't have to change. Mm -hmm. We can think about today. In my career, we're looking at less than 10 years, nine years. Mm -hmm. In my nine-year career... All of the agencies that existed when I started versus the agencies that exist now. Mm-hmm. In my mind, does it fucking matter if you don't want to change? No. Yeah. Why would it matter? You don't have to change because you don't have to sustain. Right. If you're not playing for the long run, don't. Mm-hmm. Because gone are the days where people feel that they have to work for an agency for their name. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like We have options. We have options. We have options. So whether or not you feel like you as a leader feel like you're going to, you know, dig your foot into the ground and say, well, I'm not changing shit. And just because we let y'all work from home for two months doesn't mean that I'm going to let you work from home ever again. Sis, don't. Bro, don't. They will quit. They will leave you. If I'm set with an agency. Now, mind you, we're moving into a recession if you don't think we're in one already. If I am left with two choices between an agency or or a brand that wants to offer me X amount of dollars and another agency or brand that wants to offer me another X amount of dollars and there's no or the same X amount of dollars. And mm-hmm. the only difference between the two is more about the flexibility of my work schedule culture and the culture. What do you think people are going to choose? They're going to choose a place where they can be themselves and feel more comfortable living their lives. Even if you pay them less, they are more likely to consider working for you and working loyally for you at that if you provide an environment that is conducive to their lifestyle. Right. You know, there's there's a lot in what you just said. The the thing that really stands out... What, the fucking part? I mean, all of it, because... One thing that I've noticed over the last two, three years, uh, and I'm not going to say the company, but there is a startup, tech startup, they're established at this point, right? That we know a few people who work for, and the the theme of, or the, the tone around the, the culture at this place tends to generally be um, positive, right? Like, people feel supported. Um, they're, they're actively becoming more diverse. Um, but one thing that happened at the beginning of this pandemic, 
was to your point of functioning, they basically had a budget to help people get set up at home, right? They were they were concerned about their well-being, but they were also concerned about their productivity. There there is a there's not even a fine line. There is a bold fissure and gap between leaders who lead with an iron fish and leaders who lead with compassion and and future vision. Your people can feel that. It is literally the difference between somebody going, why the fuck am I working for this person? I can do their job. I can do your job. I I can can do do my job by myself without you. Yes. And someone going, tweeting, getting, going on their Twitter and going, yo, I'm so glad that I work for this company in this here moment. And this is, and this is what I mean by this is, this moment in time is really going to separate real leaders from ones who are just pretending to be leaders because your people can feel it. It is literally the difference between looking up and looking into yourself for for guidance. And this is one of those moments where, and this is why part of this the the anxiety and the panic is happening is because People can't look up, and I'm not. Mm. I'm, we're not going to go into the politics realm. Right. But when you start looking for answers, and you can't look to uh, your leader for answers and for direction, that means anybody can lead you. Right. And that is where you start to to have confusion be the the theme of of the moment of the time. And so this this literally is a moment for. All the things that we've talked about on this show, because ultimately at the end of the day, the value proposition for diversity and inclusion is is um, is a sense of 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 just like there's there's so much value in having a leader that is not just leading for the moment, but they're leading for, for the, the future. future. And to me, you, that's a real leader, because yeah, if you're not yeah. leading me towards the future, where are you yeah. leading me? But most people don't know how to. And here we are. I have a question for you because you yes. you are more of an you are an entrepreneur now. That's happening. I've, I've What's that like it. right now, though? I've spoken to quite a few people so, and I've heard varying experiences. I mean, if you had proposals you on the a, table, I'm about to say you you need a dollar friend. <laughs> I'm okay for that. <laughs> um, if you had proposals on the table and negotiation about two weeks ago, those proposals are gone. Um, if you had clients who are already in the middle of a project, depending on that project, though, like I, when I say like this is a moment for innovation, it is right. So we were planning on doing a photo shoot at the end of the month, and it's literally like, well, that's not happening. But you still need to make money, so how are we going yeah. to be resourceful and be innovative? And it's so funny because somebody on my LinkedIn, I say that I. I operate with nails and tape and somebody hit me up yesterday and was like, I'm interested. And I was literally like, oh, this is what that means where we're literally where I'm going. How can we actually go through with this campaign without a photo shoot? Because for the unforeseeable future, Mm -hmm. we can't be in spaces with more than like five people. Right. Mm -hmm. So for for me at this moment, I still have projects that are going on um, and I feel blessed but i'm also like i've met with somebody earlier where it's like her projects got canceled right Right. like 
And it's literally her on the phone trying to get money back that she invested in a project. Like this, this is literally a moment where coaches <laughs> are yeah, I'm like, so happy. you are like, I'm somewhat of a coach, right? So we're, we're extremely valuable, right? Because literally it was me sitting on a couch going, well, you can get your money back. And she's going, well, you know, the policy on their website said they can't get it back. And it's like me guiding her and going, well, this is what you need to say. And by the time I got up 30 minutes later, they had basically said they were going to give her her money back, right? This is, we have to be innovative. Like, this is a moment for innovation. And quite frankly, the workforce as we know it may not be the same when we get back. I, I, I think it's not the same now. Yeah. I think we need to like acknowledge that that is going to happen because along with, you know, people looking for a leader, there are going to be roles that people have hidden behind, right? Like in the office, you can kind of hide behind it. People are like, you know, you go into meetings and you're literally shifting papers around. And now that you're in this, we're in this remote working uh, place, People are looking for tangible results. Like, where's this thing that you were supposed to email me? Where, where, where's this? Where's and that? I feel, and I feel like that's where, that is where productivity yes. should be judged. Yes. At the results. Yeah. Where a lot of results are going to be scrutinized. Like, even uh, one of my clients, uh, no shade, but like, they're just not organized right and it's been uh one i've said it before on this i'm not a project manager but when you're an entrepreneur you basically have to be one where you know i've been trying to basically guide them into a space of of organizing and now they're extremely organized because people are looking for results they want to know that their money is going to their money is going to be well spent so i I empathize with all the freelancers, the contractors, the entrepreneurs. Like this is a moment where we're truly going to have, going to, have to flex our our innovative hats. Um, but that's also a part of inclusion, right? Like whoever is managing your diversity supplier uh, contacts or contracts procurement. Procurement. Um, this is this is one of those moments where you're like thinking about your entire network and how do you want to engage them and how do you want to activate them right. and how do you want to um, be proactive about these relationships. So it's I, and I think that's why I'm in this space of calm because I it's an unfortunate situation, but it's also in a weird way an exciting one because there's opportunity there's here. opportunity right. to innovate for people who are results oriented this is that moment where you can literally go what did you do yesterday right <laughs> like you know, where I is think the it's result interesting. i think it's interesting you bring it up because one of the things that i've considered is that this moment that we're in right now has democratized work ethic oh yeah mm. because we are all technically you know for years, people have been putting in job descriptions. We need people that have an entrepreneurial yes. spirit. And here we are. We're, yes. And you know, it's like, it's so funny that the people that say that are the, it'd be the people that say that shit that be the ones that want to micromanage yes. the fuck out of you. Well, baby, here we are. Literally, everybody has to have an entrepreneurial spirit moment. now. You are, there are people, I saw a note from a woman 
earlier who mentioned, you know, she's out of work right now. Mm. This is not a great time to be out of work. No, it's not. What is it? She was like, what are the resources that we can be using to ensure that we're able to find work now? You like, and with all sensitivity, I mean this, that means that she has to also be diligent. Yes. For those of you that need somebody over your shoulder to be, to, to, to work and be productive. You actually have to be that person for yourself. You too now have to be diligent. Entrepreneurs, constantly, you're working on your own. You have to be self-diligent. People that work in teams that have said for years, people like myself who have said for years, you know, I need I need a level of autonomy. Here is your moment to shine. Yes. And literally, we are all literally managing ourselves. We're in yeah. a, a, a... We are in a phase of self-management where we have to be the manifestors of our own career destinies and i think that there is something very scary about that because again we just came out of a recession 10 years ago less than 10 years ago we know what that was like money was not easy but what did we take from it there's a level of creativity that everybody needs we have to be looking at work a lot differently yeah. than we were before. We have to be very resourceful with how we do it. Also, with those of us that are working at companies, this means now that we are moving to a more lean workforce, when you work from home, yeah. you're moving more lean. Do we actually need 25 people to, to brainstorm on this one project? Yeah. Do, we actually, does, do we actually need to spend that money? Technically, you don't. So how else do you shine if you can't kiss the right ass if you can't bromance the right happy hour, if you can't uh, 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 show up to the right meeting, what does that look like? So I feel like we've democratized work culture. We've democratized ethic. And I think if we think about this in the right way, if we approach all of us, even, you know, shout out to those who are who worked in who work in bars, bartenders, people mm-hmm. that work in restaurants, people that work in you know what cities are deeming and that's awful non-essential business businesses and establishments shout out to all of you because now you have to figure out where your next checks are coming from but for all of us collectively there is a level of leveling up so whatever we relied on for a source of safety what we thought was safety before has now changed. Yes. What we thought was appropriate and what looked like work ethic before now change and change has changed. And you know, this is going to be a rough time for a lot of people. Economic downturn, productivity will look different and therefore we will be judged differently. So there's a down it could be a downturn. But figuring out what that looks like in the positive sense and how do we pull out of this. I hope I hope we come out with more people that find that they're thought leaders. Mm. I hope that we pull out of this with more people that understand they have more skills than what they thought. I hope more people put their social media to better use other than yeah. just selfies. Sis, go like go cook a meal. Show people how to cook and charge That's for that same. shit. Like for real, for real. You mentioned the last recession, and I just want to remind people like this this cohort of influencers was born out of we that. We were born out of that. They basically... I was there. They basically were like, oh, y'all ain't got jobs. When blogging was for fun, <laughs> when when news, when news when magazines shut down and writers had nowhere yes. else to go but to build their own WordPress sites 
to build their own blogs, that is where this came from. And luckily, not luckily, like I get both sides and I don't want to be insensitive, but luckily for us, we have seen this before, especially millennials. We have been here before. We have been here before. And I feel that this is a moment where we have an opportunity to be empowered. We know how to network horizontally and vertically now. We know that the people at the top aren't necessarily the people that guarantee your success. We know that the people next to you probably have the more opportunities for you. And so I hope um, that for those of you that are experiencing this, all of this, um, you know, that you find people that are, are, are supportive to what it is you're going through. Before we before we go out, Sim, I want us like each of us, and it's gonna because I don't have an answer yet. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool for each of us to give five tips for people. Um, mm-hmm. like what should people be doing during this time? And it can be for un- yeah. employed people, unemployed people, people on pause from work, contractors, whatever. Like, what kind of advice? Sh- what what kind of resources, advice, links, research should people be doing in this downtime to get themselves prepared for this shift in culture that has happened? All right. So, number one, uh, practicing mindfulness. Uh, and I hate to... Well, I've been calling myself Deepak Cognac this whole episode. Um, but... There, yeah, nobody's ever called you that. There, there is. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, all right. There, there is, and the only reason why I'm calling myself that is because literally people have been calling me with this panic for the last couple of days, and really looking. I don't know if they were calling to, to sort of fellowship in the panic, but I, I'm not with the shits right now. Um, and so my whole thing has been about this calm caution, right? We know that we need to wash our hands. We know that we need to not be in large groups with strangers. Um, and so I'm I'm really about calm caution right now. Like we know, the, we know the steps that we need to take to sort of, to flatten the curve as they're saying. Um, so what is mindfulness? Um, when you start getting into, or if you are in a state of panic right now, to really sit back and think about what it is that is causing you to panic. This moment in time, and I don't know if I have five, but I'm. This is my. I was like, you just gonna riff on yeah, this it's one. It's gonna be. It's gonna be my riff. Um, this is about value propositions, right? Like people really need to understand and really boil down what their value is when it comes to their job, right? If you are a project manager, like this is your time to shine. Like, this is literally your time to shine. Like, if you say that you're creative and you're innovative and we can't be out here doing photo shoots, this is your time to shine. Like, this is a this is a value proposition moment. And quite frankly, the people who are not able to showcase their value in this moment, yeah, you kind of should be panicked, right? You Like, because at the end of it, when the smoke clears, when you get back into the office... You can't tell me that somebody's not going to sit back and go, we need to cut costs because the money didn't come in, you know, the quarter for the quarter that we that we were anticipating. So what now? And we know how those meet or some of us know how those meetings go where people go, well, who's not valuable? 
Mm-hmm. Who's not essential? So this is a moment to really, and don't just do it because you want to sh- make yourself feel valuable, but really sit back and think about what is the value that you bring to the table. And so I was kind of like saying, well, I'm kind of a coach right now, but the reality is that's, that's, that's Who what are you I, coaching? My clients. Oh, okay. <laughs> because the, <laughs> the conversation isn't about necessarily, it's about the work, but it's also about the mindset that's around the work, right? So what I realize is that as a copywriter, my value has always been about communicating mm-hmm. and helping people crystallize their thoughts and making sure that the way that they're intending for it to, to be received is is actually what happens. And so when you're sitting back and you're thinking about your role, this is this is about your value propositions and making sure that that is crystallized and that you are actualizing it with the resources and the bandwidth that you have. The other thing is, look, put yourself on a schedule. Like you're, you really have to, I, I get it. We're, we're all like working from home. It's cabin fever. You know, the memes are about drinking all day. Um, you can still get fired. <laughs> I just, I just want to be like real clear. Like this is still a job. I know that we all think we're friends. Don't be that person who gets fired during the pandemic because <laughs> that would suck. Um, put yourself on a schedule. Um, really, if you're on a team, this is your moment to figure out strategic ways to connect with your team. Um, a lot of miscommunications and beefs happen in the office. This is kind of a moment to reset and recalibrate. I know it sounds like some meditation shit but real talk this is a recalibration moment um and to the point of recalibration if you realize that you are really unhappy because you've taken the time to meditate this is the time to refresh your resume (laughs) this is a time to all these brands that are out here helping people basically offering free codes i don't know if masterclass has one but jump on masterclass jump on linkedin whatever sort of learning or certifications that you feel like you're you you've been missing when when are you going to have this time again yeah like this is just that moment right so it's a moment for recalibration i think i'm at four right now um three i'm at three uh another one would be don't panic I, i just like it's above you like this is literally the entire globe like that is in a state of emergency uh it serves you no purpose to panic like and that's just where i'm at i'm i'll I'll stop there because i'm in a state of where people keep calling me like oh my god are you worried and i'm like when my bank account drops to a certain point i will be i wouldn't say i'll probably cut my netflix off (laughs) like at the very least like that's probably what would happen, but I'm not going to start selling ass in the streets. Like, it's just, <laughs> I don't know how else to say, how else to say it. Like, it's, you, we have options. We do have options. Like, this is America, uh, and if you're listening from somewhere else in the world, um, I'm pretty sure that your government is going to, Kai's shaking her head. I wish you all the best. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you, we, we don't have no one to be telling nobody about what no, no government is going to right, do. We, we, right. 
We're going to mind our You're business right. and pray. You're right. Listen, this this is a community moment. It's a community. Like, check on your friends. Check on your family. Check, check on, on your, your coworkers. Friend. There you go. That's fine. Um, you don't know what people are going through. Like, if you are a level-headed person like myself, like, this is your moment to shine. And at the end of the day, in, in a month or two, we're going to look back <laughs> on this and go. Whoever knew that a month or two would, like, where do everybody just keep saying a month or two like it's nothing? <laughs> but it's like, listen, we're being tried and tested. Like, and we're going, like, this is going to be our grandparents' story. Like, the pandemic the of play, 20. <laughs> when the plague of 2020 hit. The pandemic of 2020. Let me sit down. Let me tell you about a moment where we could not go out. We didn't have nothing. We had no bars. Yes. We didn't have no gyms. Yes. No, I think. Okay, I think those are great, and a couple of those I would have said myself, especially the get on a routine. Um, So where I will start is get creative. I think everybody, whether you deem, what are you looking at? Your magazine. Oh, shit. I swear, I thought you saw a mouse. I was about to fucking flip out. Okay. No. Um, I don't care if you think you're creative or not. I don't necessarily see myself that creative, but baby... Let me tell you, this is the time to do it. However you had imagined your role in your organization, your role on your team, your role in your business, your your role as an entrepreneur, your role as an unemployed person, you need to, we collectively need to start repositioning how we see ourselves. I'll give you an example. Um, My role as director of community engagement went from providing programming to curating content and not that anybody told me that i'm a content curator right now but virtually how do you engage people globally in a way where you can't touch them right i can't call them every day i can't redefine a community we we, we, how do you define community i've literally had to turn to curating content in a way that is bespoke to the different regions of people that I service. So that is going to be important. And as we all continue to define our utility, um, however we, we make our money. The other thing I would say is give yourself some grace. Mm-hmm. Allow space for grace. And I'm not going to take uh, credit for this. I'm not going to appropriate it. I'm going to appreciate it and say thank you to the chief uh, diversity officer of publicist, Ronnie Dickerson. Mm. Shout out to her for always just being available um, when folks need to bounce ideas off of. But Ronnie made this comment in a post the other day where she was like, you know, give yourself grace. Like, this is new for everybody. This changed for all of us. This this hit us all over the head and we woke up handcuffed and gagged, yeah. right? So we are all here now and it's not perfect and it doesn't feel right. And shout out to those of you that are caretakers of, of, of parents and children yeah. and husbands and wives and, and partners and however you define them, but friends, whatever. Right. You it's gonna be weird and uncomfortable and and however you define what normalcy looks like for you is how you define it for you and that is okay it is for nobody else to judge please do not try to be perfect please do not try to be uh uh somebody else's best do your best for that day Uh, can i also say damn i can't get my own five well because (laughs) the the, the give yourself grace is is, it's the other way to say is honor your frustrations right like because yeah. The 
you're frustrated. Like, and I think that is. The, Come on, Deepak Cognac. Shit. You're you're frustrated, and so I would say you give yourself a moment to be frustrated, but you know that you cannot sit in that shit all day. That is my my sentiment is even if you need to, give yourself the grace to do it. Give yourself a day to do it. Um, the other, the third thing I would say to everyone is use this as an opportunity to learn whether it's something new, whether it's an old skill, uh, whether it is leaning into some fun shit you like to do, like coloring books, tarot cards, coding, whatever the, whatever, watching, I don't, I don't think it's called WWE anymore. I think it's a new wrestling thing. Whatever it is that you do, honor that, study that. Give yourself an opportunity, especially if you work within communications and creative spaces. Learn something new so that when we get back to working, we will get in physical it because it will happen <laughs> in physical groups where we are in offices and in war rooms and we have to brainstorm and give people ideas. Y'all, the I feel y'all want to know something funny. You know how there's so many remakes and reboots of TV shows and movies? I think it's because we've hit a wall on creativity. Oh, yeah. And I think that this is an opportunity for everybody to become more creative. But the only way we become more creative is if we have more experiences. So give yourself a time to read. If you are a reader, read. If you are a TV watcher, watch. If you are a magazine, flip or flip. Whatever the hell it is. If you are a Twitter scroller, scroll, baby, scroll. Like... Whatever it is you need to do to gain more information and insight and perspective, do it. Because if we don't use this downtime, whether it is harming you financially or not, as an opportunity to come back mentally stronger, if we don't do that, it's a missed opportunity and we have failed. So I my my suggestion is to be creative, give yourself mm-hmm. give yourself be disciplined enough to lean into your imagination and your creativity. That's the third one. I think my fourth one um, is take a shower, be clean. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to skip over that. I feel like I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I don't care. You can fight me, tweet me, at me, whatever you want. I really, genuinely believe that this pandemic is. It shows just how lax, as a globe, we all are on hygiene. hygiene. And, you know, we talk about it in our pockets, you know, some people say, oh, you know, the Febreze commercials, like, oh, your room smells like trash. Your room smells great to you, but to your mom, it smells like trash. Y'all, that's not okay. Stop Febrezing. Stop. That's not okay. Febrezing is not okay. Swiffering is not okay. Those are maintenance things. I'm going to need you to wash your ass. I'm going to need you to wash your house. I'm going to need you to scrub your bodies. Exfoliate. Self-care. Self-care does start with hygiene, mental hygiene, physical hygiene, all of that. Because what we know to be true about diseases is that they come back multiple times a year. So even after this subsides, it's coming back. Um, wash your bodies and, 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 and sanitize often. After you after you wash your hands when you leave the bathroom, you can sanitize too. Don't just buy up all this sanitizer because you're worried about corona. Buy the damn sanitizer because you're worried about death. Yeah. Okay, just period. And I think my fifth one, um, my fifth one would be be a friend. Check on your people. FaceTime them. 
Um, for those of you that are in cities where, you know, shelter in place is real, and you know, you know people that live alone. I live alone. I'm not an old lady, but I live alone. Um, it, it's, there's something, there's a piece of you that is missing when you don't have human interaction. Mm. And if you know that you have friends, family members, neighbors, whoever, that don't live with people, go out of your way to go see them and say hi. If it's on FaceTime, if you're walking in the street, I think this is the best time to start waving or or smiling at people and greeting them, mm. like old school values. I've noticed people saying hi to me. I, and and I think it's important. Let's. I guess what I'm trying to say is be more human. Yeah. And when we allow us give ourselves enough space to be more human to other people, and honor the fact that you know, even though sometimes I hate people too. We do need people, and we do need interaction, and it's not about you. It's, I went to the Black Enterprise Conference uh, Women of Power Summit a couple weeks ago, and uh, someone asked Felicia Rashad, who's just you know a living goddess, um, how did she go about finding herself and her purpose? And she said that she found her purpose when she realized that people people's purpose is in servitude, is in serving mm. others. It's not about mm. you. And it, it, it sparked a lot for me because I realized, you know, even with talking to my mother and other people, when you ask them, you know, what is the thing that has given you the most return on investment? And they always say it's about something they did for somebody else. If, mm. if you know, if you're a parent, it's, you know, everything I've given to my kids. If you are a business owner, it's everything that you've created in the world. And this is our time to find purpose in mm. service. So say hi to people. Don't be afraid to come into contact with people. Don't be like they were in the 80s with AIDS. Don't do that. Don't start to shun people because you don't want to touch that's them. Don't whole, be a dickhead. That's a whole... That's a whole other thing, but yeah. it's a real-ass thing because there are people walking around here, they don't even want to walk on the same side of the street with you because they're afraid of corona. Don't be a dickhead. Go home and wash your hand, and you can still say hi and be pleasant. Um, but with that being said, um, I think that you know if you guys have questions or if you just want to kick it and chat, um, we can definitely make that happen. Um, you guys know how to hit us up on the social medias, Ask Mix Company. Um, you know what the email looks like, askmixcompany at gmail.com, the website, mixcompanypodcasts.com. And, you know, we about to be out here lifestyling down, you know, <laughs> living. Um, hopefully we can bring you another episode before all of this madness is over. Um, continue to check out all of our content on social media for the annual Andy Awards, uh, brought to you by the Advertising Club of New York. Um, and with that being said, y'all stay safe, stay healthy, um, stay human and we'll holla. Bye guys. (laughs) (laughs) 